G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the part two of the Extended Bench Podcast. <laughs> Matt, for some reason, is sitting on the other side of the desk with a shit-eating grin and I don't know why. <laughs> what are you doing? I was just trying to get this reaction. Oh, okay. That's what you're trying to do. Mission <laughs> accomplished. You're trying to break the flow. All right. Well, we're going to jump straight into some questions off of Twitter. We've got a couple this week before we get on to our, of course, favorite game, Risk It For The Biscuits. So first question for the week is... Uh, from Peter Dimnicki, and he's wondering, is Josh Kelly back to his best, or is it just that he played Gold Coast this week? I mean, we talked about this, we just touched on it in the podcast. Yep. Would you like me to repeat what I said during the main podcast? Yes, I would. Uh, yes, he is. Not just because he scored a ridiculous amount against Gold Coast, yep. because he had a near-perfect breakdown of his stats line disposals mm-hmm. with a good breakdown of kicks and handballs. Good marks, good tackles, two goals. Um, pretty much did the perfect midfielders it, it game. Was, it was a great midfield game. It was an all-round game, which is what yep. we love to see at the podcast. Yep. I mean, and it was his third game back from injury. The even stat line is the biggest thing for us. If you've got an even stat line as a midfielder, it shows that you can get around the ground, you can be inside, you can be outside, and those couple of goals are just the cherry on top. So yep. Josh Kelly, for us, is a really, really big player that you should be bringing in after his buy, of course. He's got the buy this week. Don't look at him this week. Agreed. He's not going to make any more money, lose any more money this week. Just bring him in next week, and hopefully he can help you deal with a couple of uh, donuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got another question from Peter Dimnicki, actually. He's just wondering... Is Wingard the real deal, or is the midfield spot at the power too shaky? Um, he's got a second part to this, so I'll just answer that, that one first. Yep. And too, too, too early to tell. Too early to tell. Great, yeah. Too if, early to tell, but I would err on the side of caution. If you want to bring Wingard in for the buy rounds as cover, uh, you, you can do that, because he's going to make money. That 122 has completely reset his break-even. I believe he was, uh, Matt's just checking the numbers now, but I think he was only, uh, you know, 460K or something like 469K, that. 469K, break even of 50. Break, it's so, it's so, he is ridiculously cheap. He's going to meet that break even, I would imagine. And considering that Port won against the Tigers, they rolled with Wingard in the midfield and it was the first time that he really had an impact this season. Mm. I don't think that Ken Hinckley will change it because... It's just like with uh, with Robbie Gray. So Robbie Gray was playing midfield. He was even though he was doing very well, Port weren't overall doing amazingly. Mm. They moved Robbie Gray into the forward line full time, and that first game there was in the showdown. He kicked six goals. Ken Inkley said, "Right, we're leaving you here for the rest of the year." We predicted that when it happened, yep. and that absolutely happened. So this could be the exact same thing with Chad Wingard. Ken Inkley's gone. Right, we've just beaten Richmond. You've played in the midfield the whole time. You've been one of the best on ground. You're going to keep that midfield spot for a few weeks. I actually like the idea, but it does come with risk. I do as well, but the thing that I'm a little concerned about is this happened last year as well. Yeah, if you remember, he did have a patch of might have been four, five, six weeks Mm -hmm. uh, where he played midfield and was amazing, and then for some reason they inexplicably moved him back to the forward line after that. Definitely happened, but at least there was four, five, six weeks there. So if you can, if you can get you know even scores of ninety plus, it's very similar to what we said about Ainsworth last week. If you can get scores of ninety plus out of him for the next four weeks, mm-hmm. while your while the buys are happening, while you're fixing up your team still a little bit, and he can get you one hundred and fifty to two hundred k, 
That's that's amazing. You know, probably it's only one hundred and fifty k. It's not the worst move, and to be honest, it's probably something that I'll definitely consider doing. Yeah. If for no other reason than I'm having that bad a year, I've got to have nothing <laughs> to lose. So why not? It's. I mean, it's just one of those things that yeah, there's a lot of risk associated with it, but it could be definitely worth your while. So I like it. Is it the real deal going forward? And as in, you know, having him for the rest of the year? No. Is he top eight, top six? No, I don't think so. No, but he could be a really good stopgap measure for your team, Peter. Hopefully that helps. Um, he just got another part which has just said. Uh, also, who would you move on first out of Dode and Banfield, or both at their buy rounds? Um, so I can give you some numbers here. Yep. Dode um, scored eighty on the weekend. He plays the Hawks next, and his break even is fifty nine. Mm-hmm. Banfield scored 82 on the weekend. He plays Carlton next, and his break-even is 43, and both of them are playing this week before having their bye the following week. Yep. So for me personally, you hang on to both of them this week. Their break-evens are both low enough that they'll meet them. They're both scoring reasonably well. They both have favourable matchups, and then you move them on when it's their bye. Exactly. So you absolutely move them on at their bye. So, and in terms of who would you move on first if you can only move on one of those guys... I would probably Banfield. say Banfield. Yeah, Banfield would be the one I that I would have more confidence in Dodo scoring yeah. well. And particularly now with Luke Brown going down, you know, I'm not sure how long an injury Luke Brown has uh, or whether he might be forced out for a couple of weeks. But oh, although on the other hand, does that mean that Tommy D has more of a lockdown role? Well, Luke Brown kind of plays a little bit of both. He doesn't just play a lockdown role. Um, he's... It's not matchups. Yeah, he's, exactly. he's primarily lockdown. He's though. a matchup guy, but from memory, they also have someone else sitting in the. Uh, uh, is it Cheney? Is he sitting in the VFL at the moment? He's been injured a lot. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if he's fit at the moment. I was going to say because if Cheney's in the VFL, they'll probably just bring him in as a straight swap for Luke Brown, and he'll be the lockdown role on the small medium. Kelly's the other one, but I've got an idea. He's either already in the team or out injured. So. Yeah. So. Just keep an eye on that, but I don't think uh, I think you could probably trust uh, Tommy D more than you could trust Banfield for some decent scores. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so we've got a question here from Brody. It's a two-part question. Uh, he's wondering: uh, Was Ben Ainsworth's game on the weekend the fantasy equivalent of Blue Balls? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah it was. And I mean, we can both speak to this because we both bought Ben Ainsworth in last week, and oh, almost. Almost. It was so Almost. close. <laughs> but no. No, don't, don't act it out. I don't want to... I'm not acting. I don't want to see... Oh, all right, what are you doing under that desk? Nothing we can see. <laughs> um, no, I mean, he looked amazing in the first half despite the fact that Gold Coast were getting absolutely dominated. I think that he was on somewhere about 66 at halftime. I think you'll um, be right. After a really good first quarter. He scored only 12 points in the third quarter, and you're like, okay, you know, he's on 78 still. He's still on track for a pretty good score. Uh, And then he scored zero points in the last quarter as Gold Coast were rolled over. I spent a fair bit of time today actually looking through trying to find if there was any hint of him being injured. (laughs) I could not find anything. No, 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 there was. So he was injured in the last minute and a half, two minutes of the game. He went off, stayed off the ground with a hand injury. That worries me a little bit, actually. Mm. Because I'm, I mean, obviously we had Rory Laird miss this week with a, a hairline fracture in his hand. I'm, he could also miss this week as well, actually, which is really worrying Rory Laird. So, you know, fingers crossed we don't get the same level of carnage as we did last weekend. Jeez, it, was oh, brutal. it was horrifying the carnage we got. But, yeah. um, but 
Ainsworth does have the ability to score, and you would assume that at their home ground this week, while they, they will probably still get beaten by St Kilda, even though it's St Kilda. I don't um, know. Eh, you reckon they might get on top of the Saints? I'd back them over the Saints at this stage. Interesting. Well, um, ground advantage. I mean, if they have the ability... Plus it's the Saints. <laughs> That's true. If, if they do get up in that match, then you would assume that uh, Ben Ainsworth playing in his midfield role would have a more consistent stat line over the entirety of the game. Yeah. Um, and even if they lose, it won't be as a massive domination, so he'll no. still be able to compete. No. And the, uh, one other good thing, I had a look at his heat map, map for this game as well. Really nice heat map. Mm-hmm. It was all through the middle of the ground. Yeah, that was it. He's playing a great role. It's just in that last quarter, I don't think anyone apart from Jared Harbrow for Gold Coast touched the ball. Like, yeah, he, it's ridiculous. It was just getting pumped in there so quick, and GWS are playing with them. They were witches' hats at best. Um, the uh, the second part of the question is, uh, oh, it's a, it's a big one, actually. He's, he's asking if we could please give the top three trade-in targets at each position who have already had their buy. Mm. Um, top three is needed because most will have like Teach, McLean, Yo, etc. Right, so I take those guys out. Um, well, no, 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 no. Not necessarily. What I've done is I've actually uh, put together a list and I've said to myself... So, right, so you're... Oh, this is a big question. I've, I've you, actually done some actually research. Prepared. I've done some research. I saw this question a couple of hours uh, ago and I thought, right, I'll just jot down some information quickly so that I don't come in and half-ass it again. Very good, because this is the only question I didn't prepare for. Oh, so you're half-assing this one. Oh, I love it. I was working today. I've got that. <laughs> that is true. Hey, well, I, I, was, uh, I was vaguely prepared for this. Um, right. So what, I, what I've done is I haven't included any players in this who are over 50% owned. So Titch was, is the obvious one who falls into that category at almost uh, 70% just over that owned. Um, most, Are you going? You're going classic, obviously. Yes, this is classic. This is so I mean, from AFL fantasy. Obviously, trading targets don't yeah. normally refer to uh, draft leagues or keeper yeah. leagues. Yeah. Um, you, uh, you know, talking about where, or just uh, going back to you know over or under fifty percent owned. You know, Mitchell, he shouldn't really be a trade target for anyone. Uh, most of the teams that wouldn't have him would be ghost chips, or I, I would assume. Well, you've given up by this point. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I saw somewhere that um, almost 99% of the top 1,000 coaches or something like that own him. So makes sense. Exactly. you just got to assume that. Um, but I have included some players which are a little bit more common, you know, around 30, 33% owned because mm-hmm. there are a lot of teams out there that still need to get these guys. Yep. Alrighty. Right. These are the top traded Hit teams. Me. All right. Uh, how do you want them? Do you want them three to one or one to three for each rank? Uh, three to one. Three to one. All right. So... Uh, we'll go with defence first. Number three to bring in, who's already had his buy for Hawthorne, is James Sisley. Love so uh, he's down at three because I just don't 100% trust him. He's only averaged 80, uh, it was 82.4 over the past three weeks. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want to see from, no, a, from a premium defender, but he's still averaging pretty well for the year. His ceiling is huge. Exactly. 92.2 average for the year. He's 616K, so he's more affordable. Mm-hmm. Uh, has a break-even of 114, so he does have the ability to hit that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he may still get a little bit cheaper. Uh, he's got a tough matchup this week against Adelaide, mm-hmm. but then he does have Gold Coast and GWS. Although, is that, that tough these days? I don't know. I, I'm, Look what Frio did on the weekend. True, but Adelaide... Frio. Yeah, I was going to say, Adelaide will be at home. That is true. That is true. All right, bring in James Sicily. I like it. Um, number two is, I mean, these two are pretty obvious. Kate Simpson. 
yeah. uh, who is only owned by 32% of the competition, so he does have a little bit more ownership. Mr. Inconsistency himself. Mr. Inconsistent, but he is still averaging more than Sicily at 96.2 for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, only 20K more at 636K, and his break-even is 106, so it's more attainable. Yep. Uh, but he, he has the best run of everyone over this. Yeah. Carlton have an amazing run in the uh, over the next three weeks. He's got Fremantle, Collingwood, and Port Adelaide. Oh, those are games that you want your fantasy players playing in. So I like it. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll move on. All right. Number one. Number one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Who would be after the with those four teams? Who is the number one defender that you would be looking at? You know, you've got teams like Carlton, Bulldogs, Hawthorne, and West Coast. Uh, I told you I didn't. Oh, you didn't do any this. research. Uh, Elliot Young. I mean, Elliot Young. Oh, we weren't doing Young. No, no, no. no. Uh, well, that's just just because Brody mentioned Young in there. But, oh, okay. But realistically, oh, gotcha. defense was the hardest one to pick in this line because there are not a lot of premium defenders coming from the four teams or. I guess the six teams, including Gold yeah. Coast and Port Adelaide, yeah, that have had their bye. They're not the defensive teams. I mean, the next best one out of these three was Shannon Hearn, and I'm not comfortable having Shannon Hearn in my team. Um, so, Elliot Yo, 666K, is more expensive, and he does have a break-even of 115, but he's averaging 90, just under 98 for the year, 97.9. He's got Sydney coming up, Essendon and Adelaide. Those are tough, tough teams to score against. Mm. But realistically, he's a midfielder. He's not necessarily yeah. a defender. So, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I like all three options. I mean, for me, if you don't have all of those players, that is the order I would be bringing them in. They're not too different in terms of price either. Yeah, I yeah, I tend to agree with the order, I think. Um, so, we'll go on to the midfield there. Um, yeah. Number three, and this is probably a little bit more contentious, mm-hmm. um, 31% owned, Jack McRae. He's still only he's still only owned by thirty one percent. So there are a lot of teams that need to get this guy in. Yeah, but I've only got him at number three this week. That is the oh, key okay. point this week. So Brody's asked who are the big who are the most important players to bring in uh, who have already had their buy this week. Yeah. Um, so the reason I have him at number three is because he's bloody expensive at eight hundred and seventy five k, and he's got a huge break even of one hundred and sixty. So you would imagine that this week you can take the risk that he won't hit 160 pretty comfortably and he'll lose a bit of money and come down to something a bit more affordable for you yeah, the following week. He plays week. Port, doesn't Port. he? It'll be, a, it'll be a game that, yes, he can score big. I'd probably pencil him in for a comfortable 110 plus, yeah. but I would say his max would be about 120, 130 this yeah, week. Yeah, i go 115, I reckon. Yeah, so he's still going to lose a little bit of money. So. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, his numbers for this year are crazy. Oh, 127.4, uh, break, uh, just uh, absolutely amazing. So, um, make sure that you get him in at some stage, but it doesn't have to be this week. Mm-hmm. Number two, we talked about him a few weeks ago, Andrew Gaff. 742k is pretty cheap for a midfielder mm-hmm. who's averaging 109.8 for the year and has a break-even of only 106. So, you'd imagine that he get that or just beat it. Who's um, he playing this week? He's playing Sydney. Tough game. Yep. But Luke Shuey coming back into the side could give Sydney another midfielder to look at in terms of tagging with uh, George Hewitt. Hewitt. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I think if Sydney leave uh, or put Hewitt onto Gaff at the start of the game, I 
think that Hewitt will get run off of his feet because he's not the sort of player that um, Hewitt normally goes to. Yeah, he's not renowned as an elite runner. No, Hewitt, Hewitt. would more likely go to an inside player like Shuey yeah. to, uh, to get the job done there. Fair enough. Um, and he's, you know, like I say, he's pretty cheap. Um, Essendon are a good team to come up against as well in the last buy round. So yeah. you'd be pretty happy with that. Number one midfielder to bring in this week, and this is the guy I'm absolutely bringing in, is Ed Kernow. I mean... Mm. This is a guy that you <laughs> yeah. absolutely want in your team at the end of the year. He's averaging a monster 116 for the year. Uh, he's down a little bit in price as well. So he's 770K. He's not as expensive as McRae. Mm-hmm. He's got a break even of 128, which he could absolutely reach this week against Fremantle. Yeah. I mean, he could definitely get that this absolutely. week. I think, I'm assuming that's at Eddie Head? It is, yeah. It's uh, Or it's in Melbourne. I'm not sure whether it'll be at the... I mean, it probably won't get that yeah. many people yeah. for it to be worth it going to the G. Exactly. So, um, for me, uh, Ed Kernow is the number one midfielder to be bringing in this week. He's just affordable enough. He's going to score amazingly well. He's going to improve your side by being a top eight midfielder at the end of the year. Ticks all the boxes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, interesting. Interesting selections. Yeah. I think of the ones you've given, I probably do agree with the order. Mm-hmm. Um, Who are some of the others you can think of? Paddy Cripps. Uh, no, I nope. take those three he's, ahead of he's him. He's 650k, but he's coming off of a 57. Mark Murphy could help him coming in, but I do not trust it after his poor couple of scores. Yeah. Um, who else? Lucky Hunter from the Bulldogs. Nah. Don't trust him going forward. Uh, you've got, you know, considering Hawthorne, there's really no midfielders apart from Tom Mitchell that I'd want in my salary cap league. No. Um, there are no more West Coast midfielders that I would really want in my yeah, league. Don't really other bullies either. No. Yeah. So that's probably. That, I think that was pretty spot on. What if we had the other two on? Um, Gold Coast and... Gold Coast and Port. Port. I mean, no from Gold Coast and Port. Probably none with the consistency. So, yeah, yeah I like it. Exactly, because, I mean, Ollie Wines is probably the best. Uh, Ruckman. I just wrote no. Yeah, I figured that. No, just don't. I mean, if you are considering dropping... This is the worst idea that I can think of. I heard someone on Twitter the other day saying... Uh, would you get rid of uh, like one of the Grundy, Gorn, or Martin, considering they both all have the same buy? Just switch them to another Ruckman so you can get an advantage and switch them back the following week. Stupid idea. No, there's no reason to do that. Only no. I'm... Maybe if you were if you were desperate for a increase in the rankings. So if you're in for a running with the rankings, but it's a risky ass move because it's... you might not be able to get them back yeah. in. I mean. Now, you never know what's going to happen week to week. If you've already got two out of Grundy, Gorn, or Martin, that's your rock lineup pretty set. set. Forget, yeah. You're done. You're done. Leave them. They all have the buy. Everyone's dealing with the same thing. Just get over it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't have one of or two of those three players, like you're in the position with Goldie, like I said, I don't mind bringing in Cruiser as uh, a difference, but I would much rather you just wait for the next week and bring in Gorn. Grundy or Martin. Yeah. Um, it's more comfortable. All right. So, for the forward line, uh, number three to bring in this week, mm. Justin Westhoff. <laughs> yep. Now, all right. So, Justin Westhoff is, uh, we talked about it a little bit in the podcast. He he looks like he could be one of the top averaging forwards uh, of the I'm, year. And I'm he sold. Is, he's one, averaging 101. I'm yeah. sold on Hoff this that year. That is a stupidly good average. I, the it only, feels weird to say. I know, but the only thing that worries me is we've seen year after year after year of the Hoff doing this and going on an amazing run and then at some point in the year going back to averaging mid-70s. And 
And that's why he's number three. Exactly. That's why he's number three, because I am really worried. And I, I back that 100%. Yeah. Depending so, who your number one and two are. In, term, yeah, in terms of the pure numbers, 654K, break-even of 105, and like I say, he's averaging 101. Got a pretty good run, though. You know, he's, he's playing the bullies. Good team to score against. Mm-hmm. Melbourne's tough in the th- third week of the buy round. Yeah. But he's got Colton the week after. I like that. And that's a nice matchup. So oh, yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the Hoff goes. All right. Number two. And this was contentious. I actually tossed these up, these two mm-hmm. up a little bit. Okay. Um, Tommy Rockliffe mm-hmm. at number two. Mm-hmm. I'm still worried about Tom Rockliffe. I liked what I saw in the last three minutes. Because, <laughs> because the thing about Tom Rockliffe is he can do that for a game. Yeah. He, he can do that for an entire game. And when I look at his numbers of, you know, he's 540K, he's only averaging 71.8 for the year. I look at that next to Justin Westhoff's number, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You shouldn't even be on the same page. <laughs> but we know what Tom Rockliffe can do. If he's getting that midfield role, he will score incredibly well for a forward. I mean, yeah. I think... Considering how cheap he is, and at 540k, like we said earlier in the podcast, he's bottomed out. I think that everyone can quite comfortably take a risk on Tom Rockliffe. And I think a lot of people already have. Exactly. I think most people would have brought him into their side. People like you haven't, though. Not yet. Yeah, some people have been uh, have been stuck with, uh, after a few injuries in that first week of the bye, not being able to get Tom Rockliffe in their side. So. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Rockliffe at number two. And number one, I mean, I know that Brody mentioned this, but I can't say this enough. Toby McLean is owned by less than 50% of the competition. Get Toby McLean into your you side. Need He's number McLean. one. He is the best forward this year. He yep. is incredible. Um, he's more expensive at 738K. I mean, that's just a you're fact. What you're getting. But he's going to be more expensive than that. I mean, coming up against Port, North Melbourne, and then Geelong, those are teams that yeah, North are tougher to score against. But they yeah. are, yeah. But the other two do score very well. Oh, you have the ability to get some good scores on. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's I mean, he's just been amazing so far. He's got a, a last five running average of 120. Jeez. Um, 105.6 for the year. So he had a couple of poorer scores at the start. Yeah, he did. Um, and you know, like I say, just look to get him in as soon as possible. And this is the week to do it after his buy. You know, if you had if you hadn't got him in, I'm sure you would have been waiting for this. Mm. So that's my list. Hopefully, yep, that, like hopefully that helps everyone out out there. I know, obviously, it, it is pretty obvious some of those picks. Um, they are some of the top guys out there. Mm-hmm. But why would you be looking to bring in middle-tier guys at this when stage of the season? When those top guys are still available. Ex- yeah. Exactly. If, if some of those guys you don't have, those are guys you need to get in your team. I mean, Tom Rockliffe, Justin Westhoff, you know, we're, we're still a bit, we're still a bit iffy. Yeah. But for, like with the defensive line... This, you need all three of yeah, them. This, and also, this week isn't the week uh, post-buy for a lot of these teams. They don't uh, run deep in terms of forwards. I um, mean, West Coast, obviously, we've lost Jack Darling, who was averaging incredibly yeah. before his injury. Hawthorne, you know, they've got James Sicily, but I prefer to have him as a defender than I would as a forward. Agreed. Um, Carlton, don't really have a forward I want in uh, salary cap leagues. No. The highest averaging, I believe, which Charlie Kernow and two He's inconsistent. Only, yeah. Um, so really, it came down to Port and uh, uh, and the Bullies. I mean, Ainsworth was an interesting one, but I think last this week, week just gone. Yeah. Last week was the week for Ainsworth because he's gone up a little bit too much in cash now. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that helps everyone out out there. Cool, I like it. Yep. So what we're going to do now is because we've used up a lot of time on that, which was great fun. Yeah. We're going to move straight on to Very risk it for the biscuits. Yeah. Straight on to risk it for the biscuit and. 
Just a quick run through of the rules. I'm sure all of you out there know by now, but this is the game we like to play where if you just need that, that little bit of a bump up in your score for one particular week, if you're playing the, uh, the ladder leader, you're coming up, a, you've got a rivalry round, say you're playing the guy that beat you in the grand final last year and you want to win, <laughs> we, uh, this is the one week that we think you can bring this guy off the waiver list, some guy who's not uh, very highly owned, and he will get you a great score for the week. Yes, so Under 50% owned, and we kind of used him already. Absolutely. Um, so just going very quickly, last week I had Leicester and Langford, both failed. Failed. And we had Apness and Ahern, both failed. Failed. So it's my turn to start. All right, it is your turn to start. Okay, so who are you bringing in? <clears throat> number one. Bailey Rice. Oh, that was my number one. Oh, you I know. Suck That's why I took so him first. Much. <laughs> oh. St. Kilda Backman, 21% owned. He's uh, come in for four games, 56, 75, 64, 87, and he plays Gold Coast this week. I hate and you so I much. I knew you were going to take him, I so that's why I went so, first. so, so much. Uh, 75, 64, and 87, like you said, um, those are his last three scores. They're pretty solid. Um, and yep. playing Gold Coast, you can only assume that that's going to be good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that hurts me. I'm going to ask you a question, and you need to get through, uh, your... Uh, your ledger book out. Oh yeah, see, and, the, and run already been taken. You are the. Were you expecting me to steal him off the story? I was one hundred percent expecting. So I've got yeah. three players. Has have you picked Jade Gresham this year? Yes. Shit. First week. Okay. There is a solid chance that I may have no risk it's to pick because I think this <laughs> other guy might have been picked as well. You, oh god, this hurts to say. Um, have you picked David Armitage this year? I don't think so. Okay. No, you, you can have Armitage. Okay. <laughs> He's not even in the team at the moment, is he? Oh, I feel sick. Um, okay. I'm picking David Armitage as my double or nothing because I don't have any other players to choose All right. From. So, for new listeners, we have one opportunity to go double or nothing with oh, a pick s- each year. Sweet God, what do I The have? rules are the double or nothing, if they score enough... To get a regular point, you double it. So he's a centre, isn't he? Centre only. Uh, yes, I think they. So he to needs to score reasonably well anyway, just to get a point. But if he does, Christian gets double points. If he has an outstanding game that would normally get two points, Christian gets four points. Yeah. But oh god, if he plays badly and All fails, right. all right. You lose a point. I get a negative one point. It now, is the only opportunity to lose a point until now, you change the rules again. Now, that is until I change the rules again. Now, I won't change the rules again on you because I'm going to ask you this question right now. Yep. Right now, as we podcast. I am reverse Hutchingsing <laughs> David Armitage. <laughs> now, now, to take, to yep. take some of your listeners back, uh, our reverse Hutchings is where you pick a player who was playing in the seconds. Uh, in the, the week before. So David Armitage was in the seconds last week. So I'm taking a punt of course, we don't even know the, the team. F- named after the famous time that I picked Hutchings last year and then he was dropped two days later. Which was brilliant. The reverse Hutchings, of course, the reverse. He's not in the team and yeah. then he comes in. So if you Hutchings, your player has gotten dropped as a risk it. If you reverse Hutchings, you're hoping the player gets picked back up this week because we don't know the team lists. Also, the name is just... I mean, too good. I mean, the reverse Hutchings, it sounds like some horrifying sex act. It sounds we, like the worst we just, sex position ever. We can't describe <laughs> it. It's, 
Like you're, uh, <laughs> you really try hard, but you just can't quite get up to the top level. That's the, that's the reverse Hutchings. Um, Alrighty. All so right. you're a reverse Hutchings? I'm reverse Hutchings. There is a lot of risk that is associated with that. But I'm, is there should be. But I'm doubling up again. Do I still get negative one if he's not if named he in the team? If he doesn't come into the team, the indignity that you suffer from having to reverse Hutchings Armitage on your double or nothing will be enough for Sufficient? Me. Okay, yeah. so if he's in the team, obviously I get the negative one if he's terrible. If he's not in the team, I'll just get a zero and we move on I'll have with mercy on shape. You, but I want you to take note of the fact I am showing mercy. All right, so the reason I picked David Armitage, uh, well, the reason why I even had his name written down is <laughs> you can probably tell a theme to my picks, which is they're all St Kilda players because St Kilda is playing Gold Coast and Gold Coast suck. Um, he's 41% owned, so somehow some teams still have him in their side. Uh, he can score half decently. He's got a 90 to his name this year and a couple in the uh, high 80s. Um, and in the VFL last week, he did have 37 touches. The key reason that I think he'll be coming into the side this week, St Kilda just need leadership somewhere on the park. They don't have it. Yeah, they are true. awful. If anyone is playing well in the VFL... After the last couple of weeks' efforts, they really yeah, yeah, should yeah. just bring anyone Billings in. Is back. Oh, Billings will come back. I mean, we didn't get a chance to mention touches. that. 53 three touches. 53 touches, three goals. Billings will come straight back in. Straight back um, in this week. So I've got a horrifying feeling that like there's a storm brewing on the horizon that so many people got rid of Billings last week and have gotten rid of him since the start of the year. <clears> and then Alan Richardson might think to himself, ooh, Maybe I should have played Jack Billings in the midfield a little because <laughs> he's gotten 53 touches. And there be the storm are coming because I will be so angry when after I've dropped him, they start playing Billings in the midfield and he starts averaging, you know, 95 or 100 again. I could absolutely see that happen. And it hurts my soul. Hopefully so, not. All right. Well, hopefully for his sake, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a good young player, but it still hurts having traded him out for losing 200k. Yeah. So, sadly, David Armitage is my one and only risk it for this week. Um, if, <laughs> you want, if you want to bring him in, it is a massive risk. Wait until teams are announced. But if he is in, I mean, hopefully he can keep his spot for a couple of weeks. You and too can well. take part in the reverse Hutchings. Oh, you can. We <laughs> Christian. You can revert. Oh, I wouldn't suggest that. But, all right, move <laughs> on. Who is your second choice? Tom Sheridan. Yeah, good pick. Fremantle Backman. Good pick. 45% owned. He's been back in the side for two weeks, mm-hmm. um, and he has scored 182. Ooh. Um, uh-huh. uh, 182. Yeah, not, he hasn't, he hasn't scored, scored 182. I know that for damn sure. That is very true. And he plays Carlton in round 13, so... I like it. Why not? I like it. Good. Those are good picks. Mine is a horrifying pick. I would not recommend following my footsteps. But if we come back this time next week and, uh, and Armitage has busted out a 95 and I get four points... He's some, a centre. 95 oh, might not get you four point. points. If he busts out a 100 and I get four points... Yeah, you might then, yeah. Oh, Chris, you, you get four point, like two points for 108. That's just yeah, a, that's that's a fact of life. That so is, there's precedent. I will look like a god. But I could really, really not see that happening. So we'll end the podcast there <laughs> and walk away in shame. Hopefully you have a great weekend of fantasy footy ahead of you. Obviously, with this week's buy, that might not be happening. So batten down the hatches and good luck for this week, guys. Good luck. Good luck.